morning, I'll be speaking on what I call, who wants to be a servant? Who wants to be a servant? Who desires to be a steward? Don't forget our Father and the Lord has made us to realize there is no difference between servant and steward. They are the same. They mean the same in context and in meaning. They are the same. So today I'm saying who wants to be a servant? Like a TV program we see, very popular, we call it, who wants to be a millionaire? And when they say that, being a millionaire is not just about raising, your hand, raising up your hand. Who wants to be a millionaire? I say, yes, I want to be a millionaire. No. You know what people, if they call the seat, hot seat. This morning I'm putting you on the hot seat if you really want to be a servant. Putting you on the hot seat. I want you to know what it really takes to be a servant. And I'm going to start with this. Our Father and the Lord emphasized something on Tuesday. I have never seen it like that before. He said, look at me everybody. He said that the greatest title in the kingdom. The biggest title. The most celebrated title in the kingdom of God. Not in the world of men, no. Because in the world of men, they will tell you the biggest title in Nigeria is the president. And when you see the president, one big somebody, you will see security heads following him. If his abada is falling down a bit like Pastor Paul's abada this morning. If his abada is falling up a bit, they will take it up for him. Why? Because he is the president. If he wants water, it's just a snap. They bring a cup of water to him. Everything he needs. But for the kingdom of God, it is not so. The greatest title you can have in the kingdom is not the title of a bishop. It's not the title of an archbishop. It's not the title of a prophet. It's not the title of a seer. It is not the title of an evangelist. It is not the title of even the world-known pope. It is the title of servant. That is the greatest title in the kingdom. From today, I want someone to add that to his name. Let them call you servant, demola, adenito. I'll be so happy because it is the greatest title in the kingdom. He emphasized that so much so that we don't begin to run after the title of the pastor. The title of the bishop, the title of the archbishop, the title of the assistant pastor, the title of a deacon, the title of an elder, the title of a deaconess. No, the title of the servant is the greatest title in the kingdom. Should I shock you? When you are about to move from being a child, don't forget Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. He says that unto us a child is born. At the time you get born again, you are just a child. That's what happens to you when you get born again. You are a child. You, you are just a baby. And you begin to grow. And you begin to grow. But in that process of growing, you are still a child. Until you transform into a servant. Because it said, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Do you want to become a son? Anybody here who wants to be a son? If you want to be a son, transform from being a child to a servant. You will be adopted as a son. That's what it takes. To be a, a, a son, John chapter 1 verse 12, it says that they receive power to become son. That 
power to become son is the power to serve. It is in service that your sonship is rooted. So I want everyone to understand this morning that the most important thing to you must be, must be running, working, doing everything you can to be called a servant. As I move on from there, let me tell you this second truth. This is the second truth. Jesus Christ himself is the greatest servant. Jesus Christ himself, that could look like heresy to someone. What is this man saying this morning? How can Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, God himself, the son of God, authentic with all the power that ever existed. How can he be called a servant? Matthew chapter 20. Let's see something there. Matthew 20. I'm trying to lay a foundation for today's message where I say that who wants to be a servant? Matthew 20 verse 28. Even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister unto others. Did you see that in your Bible? Did you see it in your Bible? He said, the son of man. Hi, Jesus Christ. I have not come so that you will serve me. That's why when he went to the house of Mary and Martha, Martha was jumping up and down. Master must eat. Let's get food for the master. He said, no. I am the one that should serve. You remember at the last supper, what happened? He wanted to wash the feet of the disciples. And when he got to Peter, Peter said, Lord, you cannot wash my feet. You are my king. You are my Lord. You are my God. You are my everything. He said, no, I am as you, a servant. Jesus exemplified service. And it was the perfect example of service. So this morning, we are going to be looking at the life of Jesus Christ. And we are going to adapt his life, his style of service. And we are going to adapt it into our own lives. Because he wants us to be a model of him. He wants us to be like him. Many of us sing the song. We used to sing the song when we were young. I don't know the English. Because when we were young, we just sang the Yoruba. But I don't know the English. But when you sing that song that you want to be like Jesus, that song is saying, be like Jesus as a servant. Not be like Jesus as a king. Not be like Jesus as the Lord. Of course, you can't be the Lord. Be like Jesus as a servant. So what are those attributes in the life of Jesus? What are those things that we see in the life of Jesus that made him a true servant? Number one, he had no life of his own. He had no life of his own. In fact, he lived the life of service and not his own kind of life or the kind of life that any other person would want to live. He lived the life where he was fully 100% 100% absolutely dedicated to service. Everything about him was absolute service. He knew that he has an assignment here on earth. He knew he has a job. In fact, he knew he has a work. His work is to work. John chapter 9 verse 4. John chapter 9 verse 4. He said, I must work the work. I must walk the walk. I love that English. John 9, 4. I must walk the walk of him that sent me. Can you see that? 
Somebody sent Jesus. Who do we send on an errand? A servant. A servant. He said, I must walk the works of he that sent me while it is day. Why? Because the night comes when no man can walk. Listen to me. Every child of God must look at Jesus as an example of service. Our whole life should be about service unto God. Listen to me. Should I tell you something this morning? Your business must be about service unto God. Your academics must be about service unto God. Should I tell you another thing? If you are seeking for a contract, that contract must be about service unto God. Not just service about carrying out the contract. Are you going for an interview? That interview must be living the life of service for God. Because this is the time that God wants us to understand that our life is not our own. Our life belongs to him and all must be geared towards service. Can I ask you a question? In that your place of work, how many souls have you won to Christ? In that your school as a teacher, have you brought anyone to the house of God? Have you won souls for Christ? Do you do the work of the ministry? Do you do the work of the evangelist? Do you do the work of the gospel? If you don't do it, you are not living your life for Christ. You are not doing that work for Christ. You are not doing that business for Christ. You are not pursuing that goal for Christ. You are not in that school for Christ. Then you have failed and you are not a servant. Everyone should live our life. Live our businesses. Our Father and the Lord has said that a Christian life must be a triangle life. It starts from the home. That is where you come out from. From your home, you go to your place of work where you make livelihood, where you get money to take care of yourself and further the gospel. And from your work, you come to church. Why must you come to church? Because everything about your job, everything about your home must come to that point, center point of the triangle, which is the church of God. Are you here this morning? And your life, your work, is not preaching Christ. Your life that you live outside church is not preaching Christ. Many of us are holy, holy when we come to church. Many of us preach the gospel, holy when we come to church. Many of us are ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Many of us see people sinning. If I make a call right now, that how many people here in your place of work... You have won a soul to Christ. You will be shocked the number. You will see people smoking beside you. And you won't be able to call them to Christ. You will see people doing the wrong things. In fact, as a matter of fact, many of us so-called Christians, many of us so-called born-again Christians, we even join them to do the wrong things at work. We join them to do the wrong things in school. We join them to do the wrong things in the community. Your life is not being lived for the service of Christ. It's even worse that some of us have not even brought or won a soul for Christ. And somebody is saying, look, I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to win a soul to Christ. Why don't you bring them to church? Why don't you invite them to church? Why don't you tell them of the power of God to deliver and to save and bring them to the house of God? Your life must be lived for service. Jesus had no other kind of life. 
Many of us are pursuing our job, saying, I have to take care of my job. I have to take care of the important things for me. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, remember now thy creator in the days of your youth. This is the time to dedicate your life to the service of God. This is the time to say, all my life, all my business, everything I do is for the service of God. We speak about high BI. IBI, identify, befriend, influence. Many of us cannot do IBI because we don't live a life of service after church. That's why we can't do IBI. Because you, you have somebody that you have connived together to do something that is bad at work. How do you tell the person, come to Jesus and be born again? He will look at you and say, have we sorted out the deal? That we were doing together. Why? Because many of us lives are not sold to service. I decree today, if there be anybody here who needs help to live a life of service unto God, today I decree you will have it in Jesus' name. So living a life of service unto God, making sure everything about your life it's about God. You know the story of, uh, 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 of the man who, who, who harvested. That man in the Bible, the rich fool, who harvested and did not die it to the kingdom. Why did God kill him? Because every thought he had was not for the kingdom. Every thought he had was not for service. That was why God killed him. That was why God took him and said, look, your soul will be required of you today. God wants us to use every tool that we have to be a servant unto him. Service is not just about being an usher. It's not just about being in the choir. It's not about being being the drama. It's not just about being in the welcoming. It's about living a life of service. Somebody say, I will live a life of service. Number two thing that we can learn from the life of Jesus is that he channeled all his possessions to service. Every possession he had was channeled to service. Everything he had, every tool he had, even though the Bible said he was poor, but I don't believe a man can be absolutely poor. But there was a time I know in the scripture when Jesus was going to preach in another city and they told him, oh God, you go pay for visa. You don't remember that scripture? And he went to get money to pay for visa for the kingdom. He geared his resources. Many of you know, his time was sold out to the service of God. His time was sold out for the gospel. His time was sold out for the service of the kingdom. Can I ask you a question? How much of your time have you given out for service? And I'm going to tell you something this morning. And I want you to write it down. Listen to me. If you don't give your time to God by choice, the devil will take it by force. If you don't give your time to God by choice, at this point, God is saying, give it to me. You are saying, God, you can't have it. He's saying, give it to me. You are saying, God, you can't have it. That time belongs to me. Listen to me. When the devil comes, he's going to take it by force. That time, you can't even say, ah, Please, I don't have that time. 
please give your time to God by choice this morning. Give it to God in service. Come to the house of God and give your time. While away your time to serve God. Come here midweek and clean the chairs if there's nothing to do. Come here midweek and take care of the environment. Can you come to the church office and say, what can I do for the Lord? I have some spare time for the Lord. Can you do that? Your money, what is it for? Who is it for? Is it for service? Is it for kingdom projects? Many of us come to church every Sunday. We see needs in the church. Even small, small needs. Can I shock you? You can just buy a chair of 2,000 naira. Just one chair. And say, I had it to the chairs in this church. Using your money to serve God. Some people are looking for when they get money to buy 1,000 chairs. That's when they want to use their money to serve God. They are looking for when they will have all the money in the world. I say, presiding pastor, I'm going to take care of all the expenses for one lifting conference 2019 or 2020, whenever it may be. Don't wait till that time. Start from now. Anything as little as 100 naira, as 50 naira, as 200 naira. If God sees your heart that that is what you have, sell it to the kingdom. Give it to the kingdom. Use your money to serve in the kingdom. Many of us even have anointing. Some people say, I pray. Anytime I pray, God answers. Can you channel it for use in the kingdom? Many of us, when we have that power, you begin to use that power to pray for your enemies. Lord, that person spoke to me wrongly. I saw a video on Facebook some time ago. I don't know if some of you saw it. He said, that person, I think it was a, an issue between a woman and another woman who was having an affair sort of with the husband. And she was a prayer warrior. And she was praying, God deal with that woman. Deal with that woman. And God heard. I can't remember the total details of the video. What am I saying? Instead of you praying that way that God should deal with that person, why not pray that God should save the soul of that person? Many of us use our prayers wrongly. If I will pray wrong prayers, instead of channeling your prayers to what will suit the kingdom of God, that lady that they prayed against and nothing, something happened to, that lady is now a minus. Maybe she died, she will go to hell. What will it profit the kingdom of God if somebody goes to hell? Why should you pray that somebody should die? Why should you pray? If God has anointed you to pray, pray that their soul will be saved. Pray that they will come into the house of the Lord. Pray that they will become servants of God. Use your possession to serve God. Use your children to serve God. And how do you do that? Put them in the way of the Lord from the beginning. Anna, from the first day of life of Samuel, she said, this boy belongs to God. He will serve God. That is a way of using your children to serve God. Proverbs 22 verse 6, our father and the Lord will not be tired of saying that. Train up a child in the way he should go. The way he should go starts from day one. So when you put them in that way of the Lord, you are channeling them to service unto God. That's when by the time they are six, by the time they are seven, that I have a seven-year-old daughter, she's already telling me she wants to join the choir. I said, this choir, you are a small girl or you still have to be in the children's church. Why? Because they have been put in the way from the beginning. We have cars. Let's channel them to service unto God. I was coming this morning. I was coming alone. I left my wife at home. She was going to come in her own car. And as we were coming, I, I saw one, I saw our mama. She was coming and I just picked her up. 
I saw another two people rolling from the road. I picked them, I put them in the car. From that place to this place. It's service unto God. Can't you do that for God? God gave you that car to serve him. Many of us are asking God for possessions. We are asking God for material. Can you say to God that God, if you give me this thing, I'll use it to serve you. You will discover that possession will come fast. You want a house? Why don't you say to God, God, when you give me that house, I'm going to make it a sales center. In fact, we are going to be doing zonal meetings. You will make a special place. I found that the Lord said it some time ago. He said, make a special place in your house to accommodate the cell. If you say you are going to do that for God, even when you don't have shishi, one naira, to buy the land, you will discover miraculously, God will grant it. We are looking too much for possessions, forgetting that if we make a vow, God will honor us a vow when he knows the vow is for his kingdom. Hannah was without a child for several years, but the day she said, God, this boy, I will take him to your house, and he will not leave that house until he dies. That day, God signed and sealed that she will have a child. You want possessions? You want possessions? Can you say, God, I will use them to serve you, and you begin to see the things that will happen in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. I can't hear you believing. Amen. What is the third thing that is exemplary in the life of Jesus that speaks about service? Number three, he esteemed service above his important desires. He, he, he categorized service unto God. He put the gospel on the top echelon, the topest point, the highest point in his life. First, let me show you something. Let me explain the scripture to you. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. First Corinthians 10, 23. Media, can we, can we, can we bring it out? First Corinthians 10, 23. Paul was speaking there. Listen to what he says. He says, all things are lawful for me. All things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. Some of us get wrong the interpretation of that. Lawful means if I do it, it is not wrong. Nobody will arrest me. That's why we say something is lawful. If you do any act and they say it's lawful, that means police has no right to arrest you when you, when you carry out the action. That is a lawful thing. So he said, look, many things are lawful, but not all of them are expedient. Do you know what that means? Not all of them are important. Not all of them are necessary. Some important things in your life, so-called important things in quote, they are not important. Service to God should be exalted more than those. But let me show you a scripture. John chapter 4. I'll briefly read something. Then John 4, I'll read verse 6 and verse 8. And then I'll read verse 31 to verse 34. I'll show you that. I'll tell you a story about Jesus. Something that will interest you. Something that will sound funny to you. Something that will sound amazing to you. John chapter 4. John 4, I'm going to read verse 6 and verse 8. First of all, now Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore being wearied. Can you see that again? The master was weary. Tired. We didn't understand what that weary means. We will not understand it until we get to verse 8. Jesus therefore being wearied sat thus on the well and it was about the sixth hour. Look at verse 8. 
For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Jesus was hungry. If you read from verse 1, the Bible said Jesus was going. And he needed to pass through Samaria. But as he got to the gate of Samaria, he was so hungry that he had to truncate his journey. He had to sit at that well because he was so tired. And he told the disciples, please, before I die of hunger here, please go into the city, go and buy food for me. That was how hungry Jesus was. But many of us know that story. In that John chapter 4, the Bible said, as he sat by that well, a Samaritan woman came. Let me just paraphrase it. And it got to a point, he led that Samaritan woman to Christ. And she became born again. Those days born again. Because somebody will be asking me, was there born again when Jesus was around? Come to the Bible school, you will understand that. If you don't understand that yet. So she gave her life to Christ. At that point, he did the work of the gospel. But see what happened in verse 31. That same John chapter 4, verse 31. Let's see what happened there. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him. They had come by that time saying, Master, eat. We have brought food for you. The reason we went out initially was because you were hungry and you were going to collapse on the journey. So we went to buy food for you. Master, food is here. But he said unto them, I have meat that ye know not of. Verse 34. Therefore said the disciples, one to another, has anyone given him food to eat? Verse 34. Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. And to what? And to finish it. Can you see that? Somebody was hungry before. He was almost collapsing. He needed food. They ran out to get food for him. And he was doing the work of the kingdom. And he did the work of the, the, work of the kingdom so much, his stomach was filled. Let me tell you something. Service will fill your hunger. Service will fill your hunger. Are you hungry for something? Are you thirsty for something? Service will fill it. That joy came up inside him. And he said to them, look, I have eaten a food that you don't know. I don't need that food anymore. He saw the service to God more important than the food that he needed. Of course, I know if he didn't eat at that point that day in the evening, the young guy will still come and will still eat. But he saw the work of the kingdom more important than all those things. All things are lawful. Should I tell you something? Party is lawful. But it is not expedient. Service is more important than parting. Socials, they are lawful. They are not wrong. If you belong to a social club, they are not wrong. But they are not expedient. If it clashes with the gospel, do the service of the gospel more than party, more than socials, more than food, more than clothing more than the things of this world because the things of this world will pass away but the service unto the kingdom of God will not pass away let it be that from today service will be 
at the topmost part of your life. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Hebrews 12 1. He says, seeing that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which doth easily beset us. And I tell people, look, the Bible did not equate weight and sin to mean the same thing. Sin is what is unlawful. Weight may be lawful. If you are going somewhere, you will carry something. Huh? Will you not carry something? But weight may be lawful, but if they are not expedient, drop them. Drop them. If they will not allow you to serve God, drop them. They won't allow you to run. Paul said, let us run with patience. The race that is set before us, with a weight, you cannot run a race. With a weight, you cannot run a race. From today, I decree into somebody's life, every weight holding you down, from service unto God, they will fall down. I said they will fall down in the mighty name of Jesus. As I begin to round up number four, he follows the Father. Jesus follows the Father. He does not do what the Father does not do. John chapter 5 verse 19. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son cannot do nothing of him, can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what thing soever he doeth, this also does the Son likewise. Jesus follows. He follows the Father. Can I tell you one important thing about service? If you want to serve God, you must be ready to follow. When he takes the right leg, you don't take the right the left leg. You don't take the right leg. You also take the left leg. When he raises his right hand, you don't raise your left hand. You raise your right hand. That is following. Following is exclusive reserved for servants. Doing it the way he's told to do it. Following. Luke chapter 21 and verse 18. Luke 21 verse 18. Jesus was speaking there unto John. And see what he said. In Luke chapter 21 and verse 18. He said, Verily I say unto you, When thou was young, thou guardest yourself, goes wherever you want to go. But when you were old, you stretch forth your hands, and another shall guide thee and carry thee where you don't want to go. He was speaking to Peter, and he was talking about the spirit of servanthood. That look, you want to be a servant, you have to get to a point where God is going to lead you where you don't want to go. But you have to follow because you are a servant. When you were young, that's when you are a child. I spoke about child the other time. Every born again child of God starts as a child. But you don't end as a child. You move from being a child, you imbibe servanthood. And from servanthood, you become a son. So he was speaking to Peter, uh, to, to Peter in that place. He was saying to Peter, Peter, you need to get to a point in your life where you just have to follow and go wherever I say you should go. Even if I enter into the bush, follow me into the bush. God told the children of, of Israel, follow the cloud. And where did they follow the cloud to? In the wilderness. And they were saying, wilderness? Wilderness? God knew why he took them through that place. Because the Bible said that if they did not go through the wilderness, they would have followed the way of the Philistines. And in the way of the Philistines, they will see war. And when they see war, what will happen? They will turn back and go to Egypt. So he took them through the wilderness. So when God tells you, 
when it is time for service and you are told, let's follow this path. Please follow the path. It is the best path for you. And service is the path to stardom. Number five, because of our time, as we go, what is the fifth thing that is exemplary in the life of Christ? He denied himself. Jesus denied himself. He was the son of God, but he chose to be called an ordinary son of man. He was the king that came from heaven. And he became an ordinary servant, washing the legs of people, picking up people from the dust, doing the work of the gospel. He forsook who he was. He forgot about the throne. He forgot about how high he is. And he came lowly. And that was even exemplary from the way he was born. He was born in, a, in such a lowly place. He was not born in a five-star hospital. He was born in a place that you will least expect a king to be born. That was Jesus. When it comes to service, I want to plead with you in this church. Are you a chairman, MD, CEO? Are you a, a professor? A doctor? Are you a high-ranking person in the society? Are you a politician? Very rich. When you get to the house of God and when it comes to service, please drop all those things. God does not need them. Does not need them. Jesus was Lord over all. He told Peter, he said, why did you draw out your sword? At a snap like this, legions of angels, they will come from heaven and they will smite all these people. But I won't do that. I won't do that. I don't need to make myself known. Let me serve. Service will make me known. Service will bring me out from obscurity. Are you in a tight corner? Are you in a position of obscurity? Service will bring you out. Please deny yourself. Jesus said, whoever must follow me, whoever is going to be my disciple, must, first of all, deny himself. Deny who you are when you are serving God. Don't say, don't you know me in this church? I know presiding pastor very well. Don't you know me in this church? We started this church together. Presiding pastor didn't tell you. If he didn't tell you, I will remind you. No, those things may be true, but put them aside. Don't you know me? I'm a professor in faculty of law, University of Cambridge. Cambridge? Oxford? Whatever it is, put it aside when it comes to serving God. All those things don't count. How much you have served is what counts. Let me tell you two things that are important when you are serving God. Number one is obedience. Number one is obedience. When he says, serve me, go and do that, you say, yes, sir, I will do it. When he says, I give you this assignment, say, yes, Lord, I will do it. As a child of God, you are meant to be like a soldier. You are a soldier for Christ. And a soldier does not, they say, they say obey, obey first. And then complain. And even if you complain, and it translates to what they call mutiny in the army. Such a person is gone, no? So, obey. Obedience. Not saying no to whatever God has told you to do. Can I give you an assignment? I want you to go to God in prayer and ask God, God, what have you called me to do in your kingdom? What have you called me to do in your kingdom? And whatever he tells you, say, yes, sir, I will do it. What has he called you to do? If he gave you money, if he tells you to use that money to sponsor the kingdom, say, yes, sir, I will give everything. 
if he gave you a car and he says, I want you to use that car for the kingdom, say, yes, sir, Lord, I will do it. If he gives you a house and he says, I want you to turn that house to a cell center, say, yes, sir, that house was not yours in the first place. That car was not yours in the first place. That money was not yours in the first place. And Father, the Lord has said repeatedly, he made you a custodian of all those things. Number two, as I round up, faithfulness. Faithfulness. The first one was obedience. The second one is faithfulness. Two things that are important. Faithfulness. What is faithfulness? Doing it the way he told you to do it. Doing it is not as important as doing it the way he told you to do it. Because if you do it your own way, God told Israel, sacrifice. Saul, Samuel was not forthcoming. Saul said, Chebi is just sacrifice. I will sacrifice now. He was not faithful and he lost the throne. Faithfulness. God told David, it was written in the, in the Mosaic laws, that when you carry the Ark of Covenant, put it, don't put it at the back of a horse. Let Levites, four Levites, one, two, three, four, let them put logs of wood on their shoulders, two in front, two at the back, and let them carry it. Levites are the ones that should carry it. David was over happy, and he put it on the best jeep. Put it on a chartered flight, chartered private jet, and he was carrying it to town when they got it back. And on the way, God deliberately made the ox that was carrying it. Don't forget, men were the ones, Levites were the ones supposed to carry it. But as the oxen was about stumbling at Nacon's stretching floor, the Bible said that Uzzah, one of the guards, stretched forth his hand to stop the hack from falling off. And the Bible said God killed him instantly. It was instant. And you begin to walk and say, why, why will God kill someone when the presence of God was falling down? It was because they were not faithful in the assignment. God that told them, men, Levites, you carry it. Why are these people carrying? Why, why is the us? Why is the private jet? Why is he carrying it? Faithfulness is about doing it the way he told you to do it. As I close, let me tell you something. When you obey his instruction, when you obey the rule of service, and when you are faithful to the way he told you to do it, getting the job done is not your business. Paul plants, Apollos waters. Only God will bring the increase. Stand up, everybody, this morning as we pray. Stand up, everyone. Stand up, everyone. Who wants to be a servant? Who desires to be a servant? Now you know what it takes to be a servant. And I've told you a great example. Our role model in service is Jesus. Can I ask you? In which part of all these things I spoke about this morning are you lacking? Which part of these things are you lacking? I want you to raise up your voice to heaven and say, Oh Lord, help me in this part. I have not met up. I have not been able to meet up in this aspect. He spoke about living a life of service. My life has not been for service. I have not won any soul for Jesus. I have not brought anyone to church through service. Can you say to God, God help me in this part of my life that is not living for your service. Help me, oh God. 
forgive me if I've sinned. Forgive me if I've wronged. Help me in that area. Another thing about Jesus, he channeled all his resources. His time, his money, his anointing, his possession, his car, his children. He channeled everything for the sake of service. Where have you been lacking? Have you held back your children? Some of you tell your children, go to the church you like. Me, I'm going to Living Spring because they know me there. I know presiding pastor by the way. If I don't go, he will complain. But you can go to anywhere you are going. You are not using your children to serve God. If you are there like that this morning, I want you to pray to God. Help me in this area. Forgive me in this area. Some of you, you won't allow people to enter into your car. Even when they come for outside or zona rally, you won't take them into their car. Listen to me. When we go for zona programs, I pick my car. I put it full. I load people in there. I go to take them from my house, from their house. I take them back to their house. Because that car does not belong to me. It belongs to God. Your house, have you released it for the outside? Have you released it for the house of God? Can you say, Lord, from today, my house will serve you. My house will serve you in the mighty name of Jesus. Where are you lacking? Can you pray that prayer very well? Can you pray it very well? Can you pray it very well? I also spoke about Jesus. That he esteemed service above his important desires. Have you been putting your desires above service? Have you been putting your personal important? They are important. Yes, I know. They are important. They are lawful, but they are not expedient. If you are in that position this morning, can you say to God, help me. Help me to put service above important desires. Name those important desires. Name the places you made mistakes. God can change that story. God can turn things around so that you will be able to put service above your desires. He follows the Father. Have you been following? I asked one man one day. I said, are you born again? He said, he's born again. I said, but have you been following? He said, no, I've not been following. That is the problem. Many of us are saved. Many of us are born again. But we are not following. We are not following. We are not following. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Pray that God help me to follow. Help me to follow. He denied himself. He put aside the fact that he's God. He came and he put all those things aside. He served God with all his heart, denying himself. Have you not been denying yourself? If you have been doing it, ask God to help you more. If you have not been doing it, still ask God to help you. Still ask God to help you. Ask for the spirit of obedience and ask for faithfulness to do it the way he wants you to do it. To do it the way he commanded you to do it. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Before I make a pronouncement on that prayer, if you are here this morning, all eyes closed, all eyes bowed. I spoke about service. It is important that everyone serve. It is important that we serve. But listen to me. If you are not a child of God yet, if you are not born again yet, you cannot even serve. Even if you serve, it will be a waste of time. It won't be accountable. It won't be counted for you. All eyes closed. All eyes bowed. If I see your hand today, I will pray for you. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to be a child. You want to be born again. Without being a child, you cannot serve. Without 
without serving, you can't get to the highway of the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 33, he says, seek ye for the kingdom. All the things that you need, all the important things will be added unto you. If I see your hand, I will pray for you. If I see just one hand, I will pray for you today. Today is your day. Today is your day. Give that life to God so that your service will be accountable. So that your service will be taken by God. So that your service will be received by God. Can I see any hand? If there is any hand, ushers, please help me. If there is no hand, everybody stretch forth your hands to this place as I make this declaration. Father, I decree upon the lives of your children today. As they take on the garment of service. Doing it like you have done it. Doing it like you instructed. Following you as the greatest example. I decree today, you will not lose your reward. I said, you will not lose your reward. Some of you genuinely desire to serve. You desire to really serve genuinely. But it's difficult. I speak into your life today, receive grace. I said, receive grace in the mighty name of Jesus. I want to say to somebody's life that has not been following the pattern of service. What you will do that you will regret. God will help you not to do them in Jesus' name. From today, all your service to God will please God. I say all your service to God will please God. From today, you will be a star for the world to see. You will be a preacher of the word of God. You will win souls into the kingdom. Your life will be a life of service in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Can we put those hands together for Jesus? Hallelujah. Please, while you remain standing, we want to go to the table while you remain standing. I'm going to call on the people that help us with the serving. I said it the other time, our fathers, our great-grandfathers, where are the ministers that help us? They had bread. They had manna in the wilderness, but they died. But this is the bread that comes down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. As you take this bread today, what do you want it to do in your body? You want regeneration? You want a new life of service? You want divine sense? You want anointing? You want increase? You want healing? You want a touch from God? I want you to begin to pray and say, Lord, stretch your hands to this, to this material. And say, Lord, as I take this material, let it do this in my life. Let it cause a regeneration. Let it cause healing. Let it cause me to have divine sense. Let it cause me to have an encounter with you. Pray that prayer. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Lord, I command these elements. They cease to to be an ordinary chemistry. They now become a mystery. The divine results of these elements in your body shall be a mystery to your world. Healing will follow. Lifting will follow. Divine sense will follow. Regeneration will follow. Divine growth will follow. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Please serve it. Take a cup while you are standing. Take a piece of the flesh as well while you are standing. And begin to pray, for, pray on it. Ask for what you want. What you want from this material. Ask it. And that is what you will get. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Make sure you are praying. Even if you have not received it, be praying.
Be praying. Be praying. When you take it, make sure you are praying. The bread on the left, the cup on the right. Make sure you are praying. What do you want from this element? I don't know what you want, but you know. anyone there is somebody there there are some people here can we can we please help them can we help them hallelujah i want you to stretch those elements to this place as i prophesy on them lord i decree regeneration healing power anointing divine sense and encounter into everybody's life this morning in jesus name as you take this element they will do more than the natural they will do the supernatural. They will do more than the ordinary. They will do the extraordinary. They will do more than the earthly. They will do the heavenly in the mighty name of Jesus. As we take this element, results will follow. Testimony will follow in the mighty name of Jesus. As you administer them on a sick person, healing will be instant. I say healing will be instant and they will be absolute. Thank you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Please Take the bread first, chew it very well, and then you sip it down with the wine.